This is Messenger Insight, a podcast program brought to you by Oklahoma Baptists and the Baptist Messenger. Hello and welcome to this special Messenger Insight episode. I'm Brian Hobbs, your host. In a minute, I'll introduce our our special guest for today, but this is the final episode for 2022, and uh, we know it'll be a good one, and we thank you for listening to Messenger Insight, and we'll be seeing you in the new year. Let me introduce our guest, uh, pastor and author, Dr. Ryan Andrew Smith. Hey, Ryan. Hey, Brian. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you, and we're excited. You have a new book out, and we want all our viewers to know about it. It's called Trust the Circle, Understanding God's Design for Sex, Gender, and Sexuality. And Ryan, I've been looking forward to this conversation. You know, in in many ways, this is just an urgent conversation churches have to be having, and I'm so glad you've provided a a first-class resource. Just this week, President Biden signs the so-called Respect for Marriage Bill, and of course, it's all sorts of religious liberty challenges, but this topic of marriage and sexuality just hits us in the face day after day after day. Why did God put it on your heart to to put together a book about about these topics? Yeah, I never thought that I would write a book about sex, <laughs> yeah. and gender and sexuality. That that was that was not not me, but uh, th- through just kind of some different uh, sets of circumstances, uh, I was reading a lot of resources just from viewpoints I had never read before, and uh, a lot of them from people in the LGBTQ community. And as I read those resources, my heart just kind of hurt for like, well, well, that's where the gospel goes. That's where. Jesus Jesus, you know, needs to speak into your situation. And uh, I just became kind of burdened for the fact that this is a conversation that has been so dominant in the culture and society for decades, yet has been so hushed in our pulpits and in our churches that our young adults feel very unequipped to encounter the issues that they're encountering, and those kind of in leadership who are training these young adults also feel ill-equipped. And so, uh, really, I just wanted to provide a very simple resource on what does the Bible actually say about sex, gender, marriage, and sexuality uh, that can perhaps equip people in this way with a baseline standard of this is what the Bible says, because the Bible talks a lot about it. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I think of Shane Pruitt, who's an evangelist, and he talks about to young people how we've got to be addressing this. When the culture shouts, the church can't be silent. And so the Bible has so much to say. Tell us about this concept of the circle or trust the circle. Tell us more, more about that. Yeah, well, it's interesting. There's an article in the Washington Post that recently that Albert Moeller addressed on the briefing. And in the article, the author asks conservative Christians, why do you draw the line here on marriage, on homosexual uh, marriage? And the answer is the line has been drawn for us. Hmm. The line has been very uh, boldly declared in Scripture from the get-go, Genesis 1, 27 through 28, and Genesis 2, 24. The very first things that we learn about human beings are in relation to their gender, male and female, he created them, and their sex and sexuality, be fruitful and multiply, the purpose for the family unit. And so really the circle concept is that God has designed and given us a clear boundary of what is inside his design for human flourishing 
and what is outside his design. It's not a gray area. And so the circle is kind of a representation of that line that God has drawn for human flourishing, for our safety, for our protection, for all these things, and everything else is outside the circle. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I, I love some of the resources and passages you pull in. You, you use the counterfeit dollar bill analogy and defining what something is by, by talking about what it's not. Can you, can you explain what you were teaching on there? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It becomes very difficult in this conversation because it seems like every new month there's another letter or something else to the mm -hmm. LGBTQ+. There's so many different conversations. Well, what about transgenderism? What about this? What about that? And the analogy is that when, when law enforcement are learning about counterfeit dollars, counterfeit bills. What they don't do is go into a room with every single possible way someone could counterfeit a dollar. What they do is they spend time with the real thing. And so they learn the, the look, the intricacies of the designs. They learn the feel. They learn the smell, all the things of the real thing so that they can easily identify anything that is not the real thing. And so in the same way, the reason the Bible doesn't address a lot of the things that are kind of on the cultural table today is because the Bible gives us and then reinforces what is real, what is true. And that's the circle of God's design for sex, gender, and sexuality, so that whatever comes along, and we're always <laughs> in our world creating up new things to come along in this topic, whatever comes along, we can recognize that's a counterfeit, that's false. So that's why the Bible spends so much time on what is true and not on every single counterfeit. Great analogy. So when, when this topic comes up, sometimes Christians have the reputation of either capitulating and, and kind of conforming and catering to the culture, or more often becoming harsh or repellent in the way we talk about it. How can yeah. we learn from the example of Christ and how to be full of truth and full of grace? What are, what are some ways you see? Yeah, absolutely. Speaking the truth in love, mm -hmm. I think, is where we have to land. And I think it comes from a good heart I think a lot of times when we want to be soft to the conversation because we want to be gracious, we want to show love. Um, also, when we kind of come abrasive and defensive because we want to stand for truth. We know what's right and what's wrong. Uh, but what we see from Christ, particularly let's take the uh, John chapter 4, the, the woman at the well. Mm -hmm. We see that Jesus goes to her. He starts the conversation. He addresses the issue at hand about the fact that she's using sex and marriage way outside of God's design, yet he doesn't treat her like that's the only part of her. He addresses it. He brings it up with the truth, but he goes to her village. He spends time with her people. And so Jesus didn't come just yelling at her for what she was doing wrong. Uh, Jesus identified that there was a circle and that she was outside of it, but uh, he still engaged her as a person. And so I, I think what we can learn from that is a lot of times this becomes an issue-based discussion. We're talking about issues and statistics and all sorts of things. But at the end of the day, we're talking about people, mm -hmm. people who are sinful in the same way that I am sinful, that you are sinful, and but for the grace of God are not going to see the truth. And so we are instruments of reconciliation, agents of reconciliation. And so that's how we have to view ourselves, not offensive, 
not defensive, but willing to sit down and have the conversation. Yeah, yeah, great point. And I love that, John chapter 4. There's so much to learn from that that one uh, moment in Christ's earthly ministry. Yeah. So so you're more adept at pop culture than I am, or but <laughs> I, I've, I've, I've only seen one episode of the show Friends, but yeah. I vividly remember the, the Matthew Perry character proposing to uh, his Monica? girlfriend, yes, yeah. to live in together. Yeah. And so our, 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 and she says yes, and the audience goes wild. You know, mm-hmm. yay, they're going to live together. Our, our culture is being sold a bill of goods outside of the circle in, in a way that this is how it should work. Um, how, how do you think, especially as it comes to young people and engaging, that we can really teach, no, this, this is for your joy. This is, this is for your good. How, how are some ways we should be presenting it so the narrative they're hearing is biblical and not what the culture is screaming? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's hard to do. That's hard to do. The good thing is we have the s- statistics. I know I just spoke about statistics, mm-hmm. but we do have the realities backed by social sciences that say there is nothing compared to the one man, one woman for all of life, the rest of life relationship, um, beginning at the time of marriage, sex saved until that time. I talk in, in the book about what sex is, how it's designed to be, and children growing up and flourishing in that environment. God's design works. And We've tried to make it pliable and do all sorts of things. Statistics bear out, though, on people that that cohabit or live together before marriage and how it doesn't provide the same kind of security and joy and long-term happiness that uh, what God's design does. And so – and again, at the end of the day, it's not a matter of which is better – it's either we are in active rebellion against God, you know, in our sin, or we surrender to him as Lord. Even if we may not understand it, even if the cultural winds may blow against it. And so while statistics support that, I think a way that we can address this with young people is not so much what God is against, but what God is for. Uh, not pointing at every single thing outside the circle, but saying, hey, God gave us an amazing, beautiful gift. And if you will live in accordance with this gift, you will see the benefits of a God who loves us and who gave us his natural design for us to follow, even in a broken world. Absolutely. So you, you're painting a picture of God's design, man's distortion, and then redemptive. Uh, I love the redemptive Aspects. I'm, I'm reminded of the G.K. Chesterton quote that morality, like art, is a matter of drawing lines. Mm. Some some people really don't like when you start drawing lines, like with Jesus with the woman at the well. It got up in her space, in her relationships. Yeah. It, it confronted life choices and habits and patterns. These are hard conversations, but I'm so glad that this is the type of book someone could, could share with their small group mm. or uh, could have – parents and uh, that their family's going through a hard time, a resource t- to give. What kind of response? I know the book just came out, but mm-hmm. what kind of response are you seeing initially to these types of conversations, Ryan? Yeah, very good response uh, from church leaders, from pastors, youth leaders, children's leaders. Um, but also, I think the interesting thing about the conversation, I mean, it's really written, I mean, it's 
a slim book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's intentionally not war and peace. that way. No, yeah. <laughs> no, it's very approachable for younger readers uh, as well as for older. But it's interesting. What I found is the acceptance and the desire for more of this from even older adults, mm-hmm. even senior adults, whose grandkids are now. Uh, facing these issues, and they don't know what to do. They don't know how to engage them. And so um, we've had senior adults come to me and say, I bought six copies of this to give to my grandkids. Uh, You know, pastors who said, we're going to go through this with our staff, Um, youth leaders who said, we're going to go with this through our small group. So it's, it's versatile, and the last couple of chapters do provide ways for the church, uh, whether that's leadership of the church or just people in the church in general, on how we can position ourselves and how we can understand the conversation in a way moving forward that hopefully represents Christ accurately. That's great. How could people best get a copy uh, or multiple copies of Trust the Circle, Ryan? Yeah, Yeah. it's available online, amazon.com. If you are wanting bulk orders for a group, you can go to westbowpress.com or uh, you can contact me at trustthecircle.com, which is a website that has a lot of additional resources in this vein. Uh, You can contact me there and I'll be glad to get you uh, a bulk discount if possible. Awesome, awesome. Well, I would encourage anyone listening to this to uh, get a copy or multiple copies and and just uh, really grapple with this and, and get this resource. So um, as you've had these conversations, can can you think of a time where sort of the light bulb went off for someone that either they were confused by all the terms they hear in the letters mm-hmm. you mentioned or maybe a, a young person that it really helped them understand what God's design is? Has Have there been any conversations that stick out to you that, that that this was worth it. That was this was worth me wading into to all this. Oh, a- absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I've had the opportunity to speak on this and everything's related to it, like it, at Falls Creek, at Super Summer, at various camps and events. And at the end, if if I can, I try to just open it up for Q and A. I want to show mm-hmm. that this is a conversation that we can have. And there have been several people who have <laughs> taken issue. With, with what I've said. Um, there was a group of girls that I think they were about eighth or ninth grade girls that came to me after one of these things. And, and they said, they said well, first of all, Ryan, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we want you to know that. And they said, we know that because I am bisexual. Uh, she is pansexual, asexual, and she is transgender. And I said, okay, you know, well, tell me about that. Tell me about your experience. You know, thank you for sharing that with me, but tell me about your experience. And the first girl said, well, I'm bisexual because I, I, I'm attracted to guys, but I like spending time with my girlfriends. Like I just like spending time with girls more than with guys, but I'm attracted to guys, so I'm bisexual. I said, okay. Uh, the next girl said that she was pansexual, asexual, which pansexual means everything. Asexual means not. Actually, the word means you can self-reproduce, but for the sake of discussion, it meant nothing. And she said that she identified that way because her parents wouldn't let her date yet. And so she wasn't really involved in the whole dating scene and whatever. So so she was kind of all and nothing all at once. I said, okay. The next girl said that she was transgender 
because she wasn't really a girly girl. There were some girls in her school that were like the cheerleader type, you know, and she just wasn't that. She wasn't all into the makeup and the dresses. So she had decided she was transgender. And so I said, okay, thank you for telling me these things. Um, so do you mind if I share with you? And they said, yeah. I said, what you are are ninth grade girls. And what you're describing to me are the experiences of ninth grade girls and teenagers and adolescents all throughout history. History, The difficulty is our culture and our society has given them new definitions for age-old experiences. So if there is a boy that likes dance or a girl that likes sports, our culture and our society says that, well, then that's not a boy or that's not a girl. They exist somewhere on the continuum. And I think somewhere where the church is really positioned to move forward is the fact that the Bible upholds a great diversity within masculinity and femininity. Mm -hmm. You know, the heroes of the faith wrote songs. They sang, you know. Uh, David was a songwriter. Uh, The first person being mentioned as being filled with the Spirit in Exodus is a guy named Bezalel who is a perfumer and works with cloth, you know, things that today he would be told, you're not a man. But biblically says, no, this is a wonderful expression of biblical manhood. And so I think as the culture leans more into that, those are the conversations that I'm having of this definition versus the Bible's definition. And really we see some people kind of set free from that, you know, a girl that just maybe isn't a girly girl say, yeah, you're still a girl. You're still a woman and you can be a woman and not like all these things uh, and they're kind of set free from that. And th- so those are lo- a lot of the conversations that I've had. That's powerful. Yeah. You know, and I know these <clears throat> label pe- – people want to label or yeah. label themselves or others or pick up an identity from the store of the <laughs> culture. Yeah. And they end up maybe even inadvertently taking the bait yeah. on some of this and – I must be that, or I must be this, and and it's a challenge. So I mentioned Chesterton. He comes up with this great illustration, uh, and it was about sin and temptation and how life works, but there's a playground, but it's by a cliff, and everyone's terrified. They won't go on the the playground equipment because the cliff's right there, and then they build a fence, and then everyone's free to enjoy Mm. the playground, And, and what he says is what God's done with how our lives are and how love is and how human sexuality is, is there's bright lines of how it works. And it's for, of course, for procreation, but but for to for God's glory and to reflect the gospel and for our joy. And uh, just thought that was a powerful teaching. But Ryan, this book is excellent. Well, thank, you. thank you for bringing out Trust the Circle. Check it out. Ryan Andrew Smith. He's actually got another book as well you want to, mm-hmm. about the nature of God. And I would recommend that too. How can we pray for you, Ryan? I know you're pastoring there in Broken Arrow yeah. and uh, new to that church family and just so encouraged by that. How can we pray for you as Oklahoma Baptists? Yeah, started a new new journey as the lead pastor at Arrow Heights Baptist Church in Broken Arrow. That's going really well. Just thankful to God for the church. And as we make this transition and as we learn the community and learn the church, just prayer that we would be faithful in putting God's word in front of people in truth, 
but also doing so in love uh, so that people can know the good news of Jesus Christ and be changed by it. Amen. We'll do that. Well, Ryan Smith, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank, thank you, you for this book and great conversation. Thanks, Brian. I appreciate it. Well, go to baptistmessenger.com for more podcasts. And also, we have our new print magazine. Oklahoma Baptists can receive this at no out-of-pocket expense. So sign up and get a copy. And it comes out once a month and encouraging stories and features writers just like Ryan Smith and others. So God bless. And thank you again for uh, listening to Messenger Insight. This Messenger Insight has been brought to you by the Cooperative Program and Oklahoma Baptists. Visit us at baptistmessenger.com or your preferred podcast platform. Oklahoma Baptists, advancing the gospel together.